Welcome to the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast with Dr. Lance Miller. Each week, we bring you interviews with the top minds in the orthodontic profession in order to heighten your expertise, boost your motivation, and raise your skills. Join us as we help doctors take their practices and their lives to the next level. And now, here's your host, Dr. Lance Miller. Happy holidays, and welcome to the Elevate Orthodontics Podcast. I'm Dr. Lance Miller, and this is going to be our last episode before the holiday break. I want to thank you for your support. This has been a wonderful year, this first year doing the podcast. I've had a lot of fun doing it, and it's been such a pleasure uh, connecting with all of our great guests and also you, the listeners. And uh, so again, just thank you uh, for all that you do and for your support of our profession. I'm looking forward to the new year. Uh, The plan is definitely to have more episodes and to continue this project. I think there's lots more for us to talk about. Uh, Lots of issues affecting our profession right now. And we've got some other interviews. I've already been in contact with some great guests that we're going to have coming on the podcast in the future. We've got more financial tips, practice management, pearls. And hopefully in the new year, we can involve you, the listeners, a little bit more in the podcast as well. I'm going to make some changes to the podcast going forward into the new year, trying to figure out how to make this podcast better and to also fit it in with all the other things I have going on in my life. So I'm going to get some help. Uh, I've already reached out to someone who's going to help us with uh, some editing and producing some of the technical aspects of the podcast so that I don't have to stay up uh, late at night uh, fiddling around on my laptop getting these uh, podcasts together. And to defray some of those costs, we're probably going to bring on some uh, sponsors of the podcast, uh, some companies that may be interested in doing some advertising to the podcast. But we're going to be really careful to separate any uh, advertising or marketing messages uh, from the main content of the show and to be very clear, you know, what is uh, sponsorship and what is uh, actually coming to you from from my heart and I guess from the hearts of uh, the guests as well. So that's something uh, that we'll definitely keep in mind as, as we look to uh, expand the podcast a little bit. I'm very excited for the new year. I think uh, we've got a lot of great podcasts. So again, thank you uh, for listening. Thank you to those who have been around since episode one. It's just been a great privilege and uh, an honor to be able to come to you every week from my uh, home here in Keene, New Hampshire, to your earbuds and ear canals all over the world. Today, we are featuring a very important interview. Uh, This is fantastic. Someone I've been looking to get onto the podcast for a while, Dr. Dovi Prero. And um, this is uh, a guest who's going to teach you a lot about how to connect with people and how to use some of the technology that we have available to us to make a personal connection, to educate. And it seems like we're, you know, we'll we'll talk about social media, but I think some of the people that really are mastering uh, some of these new ways of communication really understand uh, that behind it, it's about people. We had Kyle Fagala on the podcast talking to us about telling a story. We've had Cole Johnson uh, talk to us about, you know, uh, being original and being unique and and uh, and, and, and embracing uh, your personality and sharing that with uh, your patients and Dovi Prero today is going to also tell us about you know how to authentically uh, connect with patients uh, and and in a way that uh, I think puts the relationship first and the technology second anyway i 'm just really excited so let 's get right into this interview with Dr. Dovi Prero. Mm-hmm. 
Dr. Dovi Prero attended Towson University in Baltimore for his undergraduate studies. He then went on to attend dental school at UCLA and did his orthodontic residency at USC, where he received a master's in craniofacial biology. Dr. Prero is one of 11 children, all of whom saw the same orthodontist. He was inspired early on by the impact that the orthodontic treatment had on his family and the quality of their lives. Dr. Prero seeks to have that same impact for each of his patients. Dr. Prero lives in the Los Angeles area with his wife, Naomi, and his children, Eliana, Alexandra, and David. Welcome to the Elevate Orthodox Podcast, Dr. Prero. Lance, thank you so much for having me. First of all, thank you for doing this. This is amazing. Um, I've had just an amazing uh, time listening to each and every one of your podcasts that you have. I usually end up sending you a screenshot when I'm on there. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so I really yeah, appreciate I'm, I'm... the... I'm glad you bring that up, actually, because I wanted to I wanted to talk about it. a lot of people send me messages telling me, oh, I like the podcast or thank you. But you, you know, from time to time, will send me like a picture of yourself on the treadmill or sometimes, you know, with your earbuds in in the car. Um, let me see. I even have a video here. Pull that. Let me see if I can find this here. Um, <laughs> video here. Here we go. Here it is. Hey, Lance, listening to the podcast, buddy. And that's it. Short, short little video. Of you uh, in your car, um, I, I like I like these videos, and I'm and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, is this something you do? You send to a lot of different people, or is it just am I the only lucky one? Well, I only have that close connection with you as the, <laughs> as, the, as a podcast, but I I do like to give feedback. You know, my mom was a my mom is a seventh and eighth grade teacher in our school growing up in Chicago, um, and she always like as a teacher, she loves when her students would connect back with her, either when they were done with the school year or as they continued living their lives, um, giving a sense of satisfaction that extends past the four rooms of the classroom, four walls of the classroom. So uh, I think that was ingrained with us to show that sense of gratitude. And um, I think it really, it really helps people who give when they receive those. They're like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this. I know it's appreciated. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because I think there's something about seeing someone's face that makes their message so much stronger. I, I've, I've been amazed by this. And, and I, you know, feel this connection to you, even though we're literally across the country. I don't think we can get much further geographically and be within the United <laughs> States. And we've never met in person. Uh, I don't think this has anything to do with, you know, social media, which we're going to talk a lot about today. This is just kind of like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Um, but it's kind of made me think, you know, like, you know, you can send your mom a thank you photo or a little video. I mean, we have the technology available, but we don't think to do this. You could send your friend, you know, a picture of yourself wearing that t-shirt you got when you were on vacation together. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of ways, uh, in which, which that personal connection can be strengthened. And I think, you, you know, you've done a good job kind of showing me that. Cool. Yeah. I think it's really powerful. Um, and like you said, you know, what do they say? Like a picture is a thousand words and maybe a video is a million. So um, you really get to picture that person and see, you know, even just like how their, how their face moves and how their expressions are. So it's really powerful. And I do incorporate a lot of that into the office. But again, thank you uh, specifically for the time that you do to do the podcast and specifically because it, I know it takes time from the family because I know I'm taking time from my family today, but it's for a greater good and your commitment to the profession is appreciated. So thanks again for you and especially, you know, extend that to your family from all of us for the time that you take out. Well, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's very kind. 
Good. Well, let's let's jump in here. You are practicing in Beverly Hills, California. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and your family and your practice. Awesome. So I grew up in Chicago, Illinois, and after that, made my way. I spent a few years in Israel uh, in seminary after high school. And then after that, I, I moved to Baltimore, where I continued some yeshiva training and then also my undergraduate college um, at Towson University. My wife and I met in the East Coast. She is from Los Angeles. She grew up here in, in Beverly Hills, and um, she was out on the East Coast. And a cousin of ours, we had mutual cousins that said, hey, you guys should go out. So we did. <laughs> and that's how I ended up back in, uh, on the West Coast. We, um, we finished up our, my undergrad there on, uh, in Baltimore and then applied all over the country, ended up getting into UCLA. We don't live in Beverly Hills. We live like a couple blo- a couple miles away from the neighborhood, but logically, just based on where our community is and where I thought I'd be drawing from, and my network and the doctors that I know, um, Beverly Hills was the place for us. So um, we set our roots here, and thankfully, the practice is growing really nicely. Yeah, Beverly Hills uh, strikes me and probably everyone listening as a pretty competitive marketplace. Uh, I'm curious what you've done to, to grow your practice. So um, what I believe, and this might be something that a lot of doctors can use in any, in any neighborhood, is that I really try to give my patients 110% of me. That, um, and that I don't think any company can ever provide. I think every doctor has to believe that they have something special. But I also think a lot about the fact that we're really not, we don't need to compare ourselves to the guy down the street because the most important thing I think is that there is no one else. You know, I I talk to my, sometimes I talk to myself. (laughs) There's no other Dovey Pearl, but there's also no other Lance Miller. Um, And so I think if everybody would put their efforts into themselves and and making themselves a better person, a better orthodontist, then the blessings will come naturally. So, like you know, if I'm if I'm worrying about my practice and then the guy down the street and the guy down the street from him, then I'm trying to manage three practices all at once. <laughs> so then what? <laughs> then all my efforts are not going into mine. So we stay in my lane, um, and then we've been fortunate that we've had because my wife is in the neighborhood, we've had the ability to develop these some of these relationships with a lot of these. A lot of the doctors, some pediatric dentists, some prostodontists, a lot of general dentists that have uh, been very warm receiving to me and my message. And I think that's also a lot of communication. So I'll send, um, like you mentioned before, I might send, like for a general dentist or a prostodontist that's working up a case or a, a pediatric dentist that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, um, I'll send them a video explanation of the clone beam that we take and why it needs teeth need to be taken out. Or I'll send them a video explanation of what the digital plan is, and it's very well received. And so, um, you know, I am on my phone a lot, but you try to use it for positive, you know, for that communication. Um, and so it's been, you know, I think it, it also just takes time. So it's patient, you know, just waiting for the practice to blossom um, and hustling at the same time. So it's like we're happy with what I have, but always wanting um, – Great. And I want to actually ask you and dive in a little bit more about this 
you know, sending these videos. I think it's, I think it's so cool. You're sending these to, to doctors. You're sending these to, to parents. I mean, are, are you just sending them as text attachments? Tell our listeners a little bit of logistics of making that work. Okay. In, in my area and, um, a lot of, uh, I, and I can imagine that it's across the country. There are a lot of patients, there are a lot of parents that value going to the orthodontist, but sometimes they themselves can't make it. But so moms will come and drop off their kids or they'll, or, or they'll, uh, the nannies will come a lot in the neighborhood. Um, but I still want the parents to know what's going on because then that keeps them abreast of the situation. They don't have questions or it can preempt any issues. Um, so I'll go ahead at the end of the appointment and turn on the selfie video and we'll explain to mom, hey mom, we changed Dustin's wire today and we put a power chain so that space will start closing. Um, and on the lower wire, we activated, on the lower we activated the wire so, it's, so it might feel a little bit tight. Um, but he should be doing good, and we're going to see him in six weeks. Let me know if you have any questions. So I finished the video. Um, usually try to get, like, the kid to smile or engage a little bit with me so it's not so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll, um, if, the, uh, if the mom has an iPhone, then usually if the video is, like, a minute long or so, then it'll go straight through. But if they don't, then I'll send it via WhatsApp, through the WhatsApp uh, messaging app. And that'll um, that'll tolerate, like, a bigger video. So. Uh, if they have an Android phone, then sometimes a longer video like that won't necessarily go straight through. But I try to make it short and sweet to the point. And the moms and the dads will text back, wow, great customer service. Like, thank you for the update. And so then they feel like they never have to, they don't have to be there. We address issues that come up as they come. Um, and then they're ready to send their sister along for the next visit because they know they're going to be well taken care of. You know, I, I can, I'm trying to picture myself doing that. And I think there'd be some initial awkwardness of me trying to figure out how to, how to be comfortable. You know, I'm, I'm, I do the podcast, but I'm, maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I have a face for radio here. <laughs> um, no, but no, but I think, I think you have to, you have to kind of get into the zone of it, right? Yes. And another one of my mantras is just stick with it. Like, you know, like you probably you experienced with the podcast, like getting up and running but you just stick with it. Um, so just stick with it. Like get in front of the camera. It does get easier. I think some people have a little bit easier time being in front of the camera and some people don't. Um, and there might be some, you know, for the office, it might be that there might be an assistant or two that are really great at doing it. So my practice is at the point still where I still have the ability to pull out the phone and be engaged with the patients and the phone at the same time. But if it's too much to be with the patients, and phone at the same time, or you're off to the next consult, then I don't think there would be anything wrong with um, one of the assistants saying, hey, mom, this is, uh, this is Stacy from Dr. Miller's office. I uh, wanted to give you a, a video update. And they would do it through your phone and text it through um, your phone to, to the kid, to the kids, uh, to the parents. Um, and I think that could be a right. great way of either a doctor's not, not as comfortable with it, or if there's someone that's better, or the doctor's not as doesn't have time, then he is just record, uh, just get it done and send it out and then move on. Awesome. Let's, let's switch gears here a little bit. Um, I, I noticed that you did a webinar, uh, about using, uh, the iTero scanner in your new patient consultation. I think many orthodontists are using scanners, but probably not too many, uh, actually in the consultation. So I'm, I'm curious to hear more about, uh, how, how you make that work. Yeah. That's, uh, thanks for bringing that up. So, what, what started me with it was like I was looking 
for a way to show patients what their teeth are going to look like. And some doctors will show, will get out the consultation and will get out the photos and they'll start drawing on the photos or doing a little quick Photoshop on the photos to get the to get the simulation of what the teeth are going to look like. But I was I there was like you know I I get these these magazines dentistry today or things like that and I'd look I'll always look through them like you know I, there was one software that was like there to show patients what they would look like if they would do veneers and how how that would change their their smile or the way they look so basically they take the photo and then they put the picture they, and they have a li- a stock library of teeth um, and then show them before and after what it's done before any veneers and then after veneers. And I was like, I was almost actually about to buy that software just to show the patients. And then I came to the AAO uh, two years ago, and I saw the scanner. And so the first day, I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And then, of course, like, I hesitated to buy it <laughs> until a good buddy of mine, John Jerome, who's in San Diego, um, he, an orthodontist colleague of mine, and he was a couple years ahead of me in, in, in ortho school. He dragged me by the hand. I think we had a late night the night before. <laughs> at the AO and so he dragged me by the hand to the he's like just get it you know you want it so I did I just signed it on the I just signed on the, on the dotted line and it got delivered in November so I've had it for two years now um and believe it or not my first scan that I did took 45 minutes and I got the bite wrong on it so anybody who says <laughs> like the scanner it's hard in the beginning my first scan took 45 minutes and now I'm doing them others under three minutes that was my story into getting the itero because I wanted something to show the patients what it was going to look like. And they said, they kind of mentioned that as a side note. Oh, yeah, you can, sh- you can take a video and then you can, and then you can show them what it's, what it's going to look like when it's all done. And I said, this is amazing. So I started incorporating it to my practice. And so now our mantra became, scan everybody. But that wasn't enough, right? Because some people come in or they come in with, they come in with an older sibling or they come in, with their parents, usually for the first visit. So the mantra is scan everybody and their mama. Okay, so <laughs> the goal is to the goal is to get the person who came in for the consultation, but also to show mom. Um, and so we're scanning if basically if they're five or six years old, if they're in the office, they're getting scanned. Um, sometimes we just use it to show what class one molar is and why fixing the overjet. But then I'll use the Invisalign outcome simulator. Not necessarily if it's an Invisalign case or treating with aligners. Um, but I'll show them what it w- what their smile could look like, regardless of if we use braces on the inside or outside or aligners. Um, and that really gives them an illustration of what they do. But of course, we don't stop there. Then we have mom. Um, I go through the consultation like I normally would, showing them on the screen. And in my area, there are a lot of moms or a lot of dads that come in and they're not ready to start that day. I love if they were, and maybe that's something that's that we can work on more. But they're not ready to start. And so very often, if they're not ready to start, they're going to need the input of someone else. So I say, okay, now that I've explained this to you, go ahead and take out your phone and record the video, and I will voice over exactly what we talked about, manipulating the model on the screen. And I think it's very powerful because it's a touch screen. You can zoom in, zoom out, flip the model up and down. And so if they start that day, wonderful. They have a, they have a video of it. If they don't start that day, then they are going to show that video to someone else. And that might be the person who's helping them make the decision if they haven't started. That might be the, the mom next door, or it might be just them to look at it. So someone else is going to see that video again, or so, it's going to be viewed again. 
And I have patients that have told me that uh, they didn't start that day, but then a week later they, they called us up and they, they said, oh, I've been watching the video that you made for me. So yeah, how many times did you watch it? He's like, oh, I watched it like four times a day, like just to see the before and after of what it's going <laughs> to be like. So Just to watch Dovey on camera. <laughs> but the truth, I wouldn't mind if it was me only, but it's um, usually it's just it's me voicing over of my manipulation of the on-screen. Um, and I think it's very, very powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, again, I think that's just a great way of going kind of above and beyond in terms of customer service. But also, you know, utilizing existing technology. It, it is interesting that we have, everyone listening to this podcast, or, or a, lo- a lot of people have this technology available, um, but being able to put themselves out there and, and, and kind of capitalize on that, I think is great. Yeah, the technology is there. And also, we use it for simulations of like to explain to mom um, expansion, the need for expansion, why we do need or why we don't need. And then also, like sometimes if we're going to take out lower buys and create more overjet before a mandibular advancement. You can do all of that on the on the outcome simulator in order to show them, okay, let's take out buys, let's see the overjet get bigger, and now we're going to get a bigger facial change when we correct this class one. And it really clarifies the point. And I've had moms that have texted me back and said, oh, just watched it with, with dad. This is a great tool to explain to your patients. I'm like, yeah, I know that. That's why we use it. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So one thing we got to follow up on, though, is your text, your uh, scanning everyone and their and their mama here. So, you know, that's been a focus in our practice is how can we get more parents of our current patients into treatment? So I'm wondering how you kind of bridge that gap, uh, because that can be maybe an awkward thing to try to get get mom in the chair. Yes, Um, it is. It is a bit challenging, but I find that there are six words that helps the mother get in the chair. So you do the scan for the kid, and you show them the simulation. Then someone in your office, it doesn't have to be the doctor, and actually shouldn't be the doctor, some, someone in the office has to say, these are the following six words. Do you still wear your retainer? Okay, those six words, it's the magic key to open up the door. And I want everybody who's listening to try it on their next consultation and see if it'll help start the discussion. Retainer is a very benign thing, right? It's like it's either there, or it's broken, or they know it. If, if the word retainer might cost, it might be free in some offices, or it might be a hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars at the most. Um, but it's like within the range, right? Do you still wear your retainer? So it's not something they're scared about talking about. And inevitably, they drag their pointer finger. If they're right-handed, it's the right pointer finger, and they point to their lower incisor crowding. Now, of course, you, Dr. Miller, have noticed that from point that they walk into the reception room that they have that too but we don't mention it and i don't i don't want to force the uh you know you you don't want to force the topic right you could say oh have you had braces well what are they thinking of well here at the orthodontist office they sell braces and you want me to buy braces not only for my kid but also for for me so it's i feel dovey here set feels that it's a little too standoffish of a question to ask but if you say Oh, do you still wear your retainer? Now, the doctor, the staff, whoever's asking it, is making an assumption. It's a powerful assumption that, of course, you would have had braces, and of course, you did have a retainer, and of course, you would wear it. But there's reason. So either they say yes, and they yes, I wear it, and it still fits perfectly. Great. 
sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I had one and everything is still fine, but I didn't want to go back to the orthodontist because, or to the dentist's office because I didn't want that goopy impression stuff. Well, here you just seen your kid have a three minute scan. We can scan you too. And once they get into the, into the, the ballpark of, well, I used to have one, but then my teeth got crowded or I never had one and my teeth are getting worse. Then you say, well, mom, I, we can show you what your teeth are going to look like. And they saw how fast it was with their kid, right? They don't, we don't do the photos and then the pan. No, just go straight to the scan. It's the first thing, it's, it's, the, it's the most expensive tool that we have in the office, unless like you have a cone beam. Um, and so we show it off. And then mom, it usually it's very different than what they've had before. So um, nothing that I'm, not, everybody has this technology, but I think it's on us to, to display it more and to use it for communication. And it really gets the ball rolling and gets them started in the mindset, okay, I, sh I saw what could be done for my kid. Let me just see what it can be done for me. And then you have the models. And if they, when we don't push them, if they want to start then too, you know, sometimes you have a mom's club or whatever, how some office run it, where we get it, get a courtesy for the mom starting treatment at the same time. Or we just know we have it on file and we can order them a retainer or a whitening tray, whatever. But you've got the discussion but going. We got the discussion going and then, once they touch the screen themselves, Lance, that's when the game is over. So the screen is there. They start zooming in and out or moving the teeth. Um, and the, and then they get really hooked into it. Um, and for a good reason, because it's really cool technology and it's showing them what their smile is going to look like. And they've never seen that before. And in a very benign way, it's not painful. There's no shots. There's no goopy impressions. It's three minutes. Sit down in the chair. It's done. And. Like you said, exactly. They have the discussion going. It's in their mind. I know I can get it. And then make them a video and then send it to them. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about something I think you're, you're known for, which is your kind of social media prowess. You know, up here in New England, you know, maybe we're, we're behind the times. We've got Bill Belichick saying he doesn't get on Snapface or InstaChat <laughs> or, uh, or whatever. Um, but you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about social media. I mean, it seems like there are people, who are really into this and people that aren't. And, and in my mind, there's kind of three different tiers of engagement, right? There's, there's I think the most hands-off and ineffective is, is where you've got a third party running it for you with a lot of stock content and low engagement. Mm. Uh, then there seems to be practices that have like a staff member who's like the, you know, the Facebook or the Instagram girl. And they have kind of a lot of fun ideas and pictures of patients coming from inside your office, but, but it's not that differentiated. And then there's people like you, Dovi, who are, who are you know the docs who use the platform themselves and they understand the nuances of it. And what I love the most about your content and, and some of some of the other uh, orthodontists out there who are who are doing it themselves or very hands-on is that their personality really shines through. And I, I think that's super compelling. So anyway, I, this is me rambling. You're the expert. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you're using Instagram in your practice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, I think you know, for me, it kind of all started, there's, there's a guy, I didn't really create any of this stuff. Um, I modified it for the use in the orthodontic realm. But the guy who pioneered this stuff is a guy by the name of Dr. Michael Salzauer. He is a plastic surgeon in Miami. Um, by, he goes by the moniker, the name of Dr. Miami. And he was the first guy to bring the cell phone into the operating room. Now, the truth is that plastic surgery is a lot more interesting to the average person than orthodontics per se. They're doing pretty uh, gruesome necessarily procedures and pretty invasive and 
doing stuff that glamorized um, those procedures. So, and the, the before and after is very immediate. So he has it like, but what you said also is very important: personality, and then also the content that that you're doing. So. For us, we started on this journey. It was about a year ago, January time, a little more, a little less than a year ago when I started doing this. I said, you know what? If Dr. Miami is doing this, then um, why can't it work for us? And so um, we started with just going over some educational stuff, going over some patient stuff, and really blossoming from there. I think you're right. Personality has a lot to play with it. And in order for social media authentically for people to engage with an orthodontic practice, I mean, who cares about an orthodontic practice, right? So it, it has to be number one. It has to either look like the doctor is doing it or it has to be the doctor doing it, right? Cause someone, it, it could be, it doesn't, I don't have to hold the camera. I don't have to necessarily hold the phone. It has to look like it or it has to look like I'm engaged because then people are like, oh, I got a treat here. I'm able to, not in, in a voyeuristic way, but like, oh, I'm given a special opportunity, right, to shadow Dr. Prero for a day and see what it's like to be in his office. So they shadow me. They look over my shoulder and get to see the x-rays that I'm looking at. Or they look over my shoulder to get to see the Doherty height gauge from 3M that I'm using on my, on my patient to place the bracket. Or they get to see the impacted teeth. And when I'm educating them, yes, you know, we do, there's something about the way I do my, my story is, so it's every day we, I say my intro, and then I go, we do a little music as I'm walking down Wilshire Boulevard, and then um, I kind of give them uh, a day, uh, an, in, an insight on what the day is going to be like, and then we go ahead and start the day. So it could be, and whatever it is, I don't have a script. And this is something that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about is that it's not we're not creating content right when you go when you hire a third party service to have to run your to run your Instagram or your Facebook then you're asking them oh can you create the content and can you give me a Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving graphic that has uh, you know an orthodontic application to it or orthodontic health month that's fine and dandy but there's nothing authentic or engaging about it. So people are paying these companies to do it when it can only be done either by the doctor or as if it looks like the doctor is doing it. So Gary Vee says, don't create content. Rather, you want to document content. That means that you just want to give people an idea of what it's like to be in your practice. So once they see that, then, they, then there's authentic engagement. And then, you know, we put stickers and music and polls now you can put into the, to the, to the story. When I started, I had like 100 people looking at it a day or 200 people, and I could scroll through and see who it is. And now it's just too much. We have like, um, you know, two or 3,000 people a day just looking at my story, and half of them watch all the way to the end. So sometimes people are spending um, 10 minutes with us all the way through. So it becomes a really great platform to, to, to convey our story, it's compelling. It's like you know me sending out those videos, but now it's like a platform for people to see it, um, and so they they really respond to it. Now, it's it is fun, um, and it does it does it does engage with the patients themselves. And so my 
So I was doing it for like three, four months. And then I'm like, you know, where is this going? What's happening? You know, okay, my numbers are going up, um, which is not about the numbers. But um, then someone comes in. Donovan comes into my office. And he says, um, you know, I'm here to look into getting aligners. And I said, great. I said, how did you hear about my office? He said, oh, I found you on Instagram. And I'm like, what? Can you say that again? He's like, yeah, I found you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, oh, how long have you been watching for? He's like, oh, I've been following you for four months. I'm like, really? I, I'm like, all right, this is cool. Tell me what you know about me. <laughs> he says, okay, I know you, you're an orthodontist. You do a bunch of aligner treatment. You do braces. Um, I know Irene works in the back with you here. Like, I feel like I've been here already. I feel like I know everybody already. I, then I tell myself, what? Did you hear what he just said? Now, we, we, we go to these lectures and we go to these marketing people and consultants and say, how can, we, how can we make customers, how can we make patients feel comfortable in our office and feel in the five minutes of the consultation room? Do you show them or do you show them a tour? Do you show them the x-ray room? Do we show them the lab? Do we, do we introduce them to everybody? And how do we do that without disturbing the flow? And what else can we do to engage them? Well, I just realized I was doing this for months. Now, do you think when someone is watching you for four months and then they enter your room, do you think they're ready to buy? <laughs> yeah, they've made their decision prior to stepping foot in your office at that point. Exactly. Either they like it or they don't. Right. And you know, maybe I, and, and the truth is, maybe I, I, I scare away some people. Um, maybe some people are worried that if they come into the office, <laughs> that they'll get their, they'll get their story put on, put on Instagram. But we are very, as, as crazy as we are with showing everything, we are very protective of patient privacy. You know, with all of these social media things, you know, where in the buying process do you feel like social media plays a role? I mean, is it people just becoming familiar with you, trying to get comfortable so that when they seek you out, I mean, people aren't actually getting on Instagram and saying, like, let me find an orthodontist and make that decision today. Right. So, you know, is it for existing patients? What, what, is, what is really your goal and how you're trying <clears throat> to utilize this? I'm using uh, the main purpose is to get more patients in the door. And the number one thing that I think in marketing is that they cannot choose to use you unless they know that you exist. Right. So if, if they know that I exist, then, then at least they can choose me. Now, if they don't choose me, then I can, maybe, maybe there's something I can do better. But number one is getting the word out. Now, it also shows a little bit of our office culture. It shows a little bit of how much, how much fun we have. It shows how much we care. And it also gives them a display of my expertise because I'll show them how I might work up an, a clear aligner case, but I'll reiterate. And my, my mantra in that is Invisalign is a company that makes plastic. They do not do orthodontic treatment. Who does orthodontic treatment? Your orthodontist does by developing this plan by himself. Like that's just another thing that I that I that I throw in there all the time. So it and like people like my fans know these these mantras now. So when they hear the word Invisalign, they're gonna know Invisalign is not a, is Invisalign is a company that does makes plastic. They don't do orthodontic treatment. So it's really conveying that. Um, but yes, number one, it's so that they that they become aware of me. Number two is that they educate. So 
Um, another thing that's really important is to know, is if like when people are speaking about orthodontic treatment, and this is part of what I like, I love breaking down the topics of like, let's say, impacted teeth or, or uh, assessing a panoramic radiograph. This is something that's really cool. Patients might be scared of it and not understand it, but when they hear you talk about it and they hear your passion and then your expertise of how to, how to talk about an x-ray or a radiograph or, or a case, then they, they get this picture that you're educated and they, they get this feeling that you know what you're talking about. And then they might ask questions. But, and also an important thing to know is that you're talking when, I believe that when doctors are talking, they should be talking as if they're, they're the grade level is of a first year dental student that walked into the class first day. Meaning, talk to the patient as if they don't know anything about orthodontics, but elevate them to that level. I guess that's good for this podcast, right? But we're <laughs> elevating we're elevating the orthodontics to their level. So we're gonna use we're not gonna use we're gonna use the term IPR, but then I'll tell them what it stands for and why it's okay and what are the risks and benefits. But then they become familiar with the term of IPR or the word torque. But I'll then I'll illustrate them on a video, but then they become familiar with it. So you talk, you're talking up to them, but starting at that basic level. So yes, it's to get patients in the door, it's to keep current patients um, engaged, and the the word spreads. The word spreads through that, through having engaging content. And then we also work with like other doctors in the area. Sometimes plastic surgeons. Um, some have been my patients, or some have uh, been. Um, we collaborate, and then people are able. to Oh, he's also he's also uh, he's been featured on other on other people's channels, or I have other doctors in my office, and then if they follow them, then they'll follow me. And we've had a bunch of patients that said, "Oh yeah, I came to you because uh, Doctor X uh, came to you, and I follow them, so now I'm following you, and now I'm here for the same treatment that they have." Awesome. I have so many questions, Toby, but l- I want here's two. I First got time. is Let's do it. Yeah, this is good. First is. How you seem to be doing this like primarily through your story is what I'm hearing versus, you know, how, what, how do we know what to put in the story versus kind of on the main, you know, feed that's kind of there permanently? And the second question is, you know, everyone seems to have these, these stories now. You know, there's Snapchat, Instagram, there's Facebook stories now. What, what is it that you like about uh, Instagram compared to the other two? Okay. Great. Excellent question. Educated question. Um, so. It's all going down in the Instagram story. Now, why? Okay, so first I'll take your second question first. Why not Snapchat? Snapchat is awesome. But I, and this was even before Instagram story became more popular, but Instagram is a place to hang out. You cannot hang out on Snapchat. So, right, like you said, the profile versus story, we'll get to that in a second. Snapchat has no profile. So once I'm done looking at a doctor's Snapchat, then okay, that's it. I have nothing else to do. But with me, with patient, with Instagram, so now they're looking at my story. The story finishes for the day. And then they can start hanging out on my profile and see some of my before and afters and see who else I, other celebrities that I may have had in the office or other, or, or other patients or other cool procedures that I'm doing. So I feel like Instagram story, number one, because it's only up there for 24 hours, like Snapchat is, you can be a little bit more casual, although we'll talk about it in a second, but sometimes I do repost my 
Instagram story. You can make a video of your whole story together, and I'll repost that on Facebook. But Instagram is story is where it's going down. Now, also, you have to take into account that Instagram is where the kids hang out, and Facebook is where the moms hang out, in a, as a general rule. Even though it's true that moms also are on Facebook, but the kids are on Instagram. So it's also another reason why you have to know your audience and know what level you're speaking to. And then the kids will ask all different types of questions. They'll ask you, you know, I'm going in for braces, or is this supposed to hurt, or this and that. Or any, anybody might ask you that question. But um, so that's why I think Instagram story, number one, allows you to be a little more casual, you know, okay, like, you know, not everybody can, like, post this, post, you know, on your, pro, on your profile page of, like, you walking down Wilshire Boulevard, like, holding your camera and, and you know, bobbing your head to some hip-hop music. But in Instagram story, they give you a little more leeway, okay? It's just, like, the mindset of the viewer is a little bit different. And then, um, on my profile page, I'll usually post, like, people who are in the office or before and afters. Um, so think about it as this. There's nothing on the profile page that cannot go into the story, but not everything you post in the story you may you feel comfortable with uh, putting on the profile. So for a doctor that wants to start with this, then just do Instagram story. No one can, they can't, they can't really download your content unless they like were recording it with another phone while they were watching your story. Um, so obviously you put stuff that you're comfortable with up being forever, but knowing that it's only going to be up for 24 hours. For someone who's, you know, just getting started, someone who, you know, is not on Instagram, maybe they, they, they have got a Facebook, they've got an office Facebook, you know, uh, how are they going to get started? How do, how do they, you know, get a page going? What do they put on their personal page versus their business page? How do you get followers to your page? Where, where, do, where do we start with this process? Okay, great. So the most important thing is, a, is another Gary Vee statement, which is one is greater than nothing. One is greater than zero, which means just start. Just start doing it. Okay, so... But how? Okay, so now that we've decided we're going to start, how do we do it? So <laughs> grab your phone, and I want everybody to do this the next Monday. Is grab the phone and just talk about a case, right? If you're not comfortable with you coming up with, uh, with, with you in front of the camera yet, just put, now I think it is most engaging, like you said, right? Like when you're showing the doctor, you're showing a sense of vulnerability that I'm the real person, that here I am behind, behind the camera, it's me. But if you're not ready for that yet, then you can just start talking about cases. And show, show up a before and after and start educating your patients why, uh, why you got the result that you did and what you used and how it could be. Because someone is going to say, oh, that's exactly how my like, Dr. Miller, you did an amazing job. I'm coming to you. Or if I live 3,000 miles away, I'm going to ask you where to go because you look like you know what you're doing and you probably have a friend that does. And that's how this started with like these referrals. So like I go, I go on my Instagram story live, my Instagram live. And then, you know, I say, oh, if you need an orthodontist somewhere, and that's how we started sending these referrals out to all these other orthodontists because patients would ask me who to go to. Um, and so I'd say, oh, I have someone in my crew, and then I'd uh, reach out to the, to the to our network and see who else is in the neighborhood. Now, an Instagram lead is a lower-quality lead. It's not like someone who is referred by a mom who's been awesome, but it can still work. So uh, step one is, I think, would be talk about a case. You know, and make it short. It's in 15 seconds. It's in 15 second spans. So, you know, and maybe not make it too gruesome. So before and after, 
and talk about what you did to get it done. Um, when I started my Facebook page, a lot of people, I think what, what prevents a lot of people from jumping in with two feet is that they're worried about that, you know, we have a reputation and I want my content to be reflective of the quality that I do in the office. Um, and so that prevents us, and even me, when I was first starting, of like, okay, well, do I post this or not? Or what's my perfect profile picture? But the answer is, is that it will come, it will evolve, and it, you will find the right one, it, the, you'll find the right momentum. So it's just important to start and to, to get it going. Um, but I think it's talking about a case, and then, you know, maybe if there's also what a lot of people have in their office is there is someone in your office already that is doing Instagram. And that might be personally, like it might be one of your front desk staff or one of the back office is is really into it. And so if it's not the doctor himself, it could be one of the office staff that maybe follows you around for a little bit and shows, or them explaining the case, or them maybe explaining the case mostly and then you giving a little bit of insight. Um, but the more you do it, the more, the, more it, the easier it gets. Um, another thing to note is that for the personal stuff, um, I like I have a personal one that's like all all with like my kids in my personal life. Um, and then if orthodontists or other people want to follow, that's just fine too. Um, but I mine is mostly like ninety percent. The uh, my business one is ninety percent ortho, and then maybe ten percent family and fun. And then with the personal one, it's like ninety five percent personal. So. Um, I think I don't want to overload anybody with one top or the other, so that they, that's why I have two. Because if someone's really not interested in me playing with my kids baseball, then that'll be a turnoff. But on the other hand, Donovan, who came into my office, said, "I know you're a family man, and that's one of the reasons why I like you." So it can help even to put your family stuff a little bit on your on your business page too. Right. So it's Monday morning, we're recording on Instagram stories and we're putting it out there. How do we get an audience? I mean, who's going to even see these videos? Great question. So I think, number one, once you start doing it, um, the more you do it by nature, when Instagram realizes that people are watching, it'll show it to, to your profile will come up to other uh, other people that are watching it. So if uh, one, one person, let's say a patient watches it, then it'll queue it up to a patient's friend. Um, just by like in the search, in the search, uh, in the search area in, in Instagram. So your profile will come up because they're, your friends are watching. Um, and that's similar with the, the content in your profile page even more. Like you, you post a nice before and after and then people look at it. So then it will come up to their friends or as suggested content. You can also pay for people to see it by promoting it. But I think what we're, we're headed towards here is authentic, uh, content. Um, another great way to um, to gain followers is by using influencers, and that's called influencer marketing. What is an influencer? An influencer is someone who has a following already. And the concept is, is that if you can garner that person uh, and garner a relationship with that person through orthodontic treatment or having them in your office, then the goal is that their followers become your followers, and and thus your your sphere of influence grows because um, now instead of uh, you, you have 300 people, if you get someone in the office that has a following of 3,000 or 30,000 or 300,000 or 3 million, then a certain percentage of those person's followers will become your followers 
Um, it's a transfer of goodwill from the influencer to the doctor, and also if you can capitalize on engaging content. So there are there are always, I think in LA, especially in Beverly Hills, it's probably the best market to do it in, to, to reach out to influencers, but it can be done any anywhere. And just one tip that I'll give is that if you, if you just look, you know, look up a certain hashtag or type in the name of your city and look at the, the top nine photos um, that are that are there, um, then you can see which nine photos are are getting good engagement. And then you can reach out to those people and say, hey, come in for uh, some orthodontic treatment or, hey, would you ever would you like would you like to see you know, what your smile could look like? You know, it has to be done properly and you're going to get a, for every 100 requests out there you're going to get one yes so it's the long game um and maybe best to be delegated to some to someone else besides the doctor but done correctly can garner more engagement and more followers um and i think just by doing it more it, it gets the word out but influencer marketing is a great way also to garner and is that the purpose of kind of all these hashtags we're always seeing? I mean, is that a way to get people onto your post, uh, onto your page, is is through these hashtags? It's it's not a it's not a, I don't it's not a complete science, and I don't you know you can't just put a, a plain picture and expect because you put a hashtag to get amazing amazing uh, engagement, but it does help a little bit. So it's like each each aspect, like where you put the place of the picture, where you you know the the map location. Where you put that, what hashtags you put, who else do you tag? Um, you know, just because you tag, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian or Justin Bieber, it's not going to be like, oh, well, this picture is going to blow up now <laughs> because <laughs> there are a lot of people that are doing it. But if it's a picture of you and Justin Bieber and he was in your office and then you tag him and he tags you, then it's game over. So, <laughs> um, that's, that's kind of how it works. Uh, but the hashtags do, they do help. It's all like a piece of the puzzle. Each one is not the, it's not the end all and be all, but each one helps to get the best audience for each post. Right, right. This has just been so awesome, and I it's it's inspired me to maybe make a renewed push uh, into Instagram, which I've been a little bit reluctant to do. There's actually two other points that I wanted to make. Um, one is this: don't compare other people's highlights to your behind the scenes. And it's something that I speak to myself about, but if it's a young doctor, if it's a newer a practice that's starting in social media and they're looking at other practices that are doing it, um, there's some practices that are just naturally going to have a higher engagement. But it's important not to compare, and this is in general too, it's like, you know, not to compare the, someone else's highlights to your behind the scenes. You know, we live this, I had, you know, a couple of residents that shadowed me in my office. And we did a, the story ended up being like 10 minutes long of like just 15 seconds here and there of all the different procedures that we did. Now, the, it wasn't such a busy day and it wasn't so crazy, but watching the story makes it look like the office is going crazy and like there are people in and out and it's like all fun and games, which it is, but it's like it, it can give a stronger profession, uh, 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 perception of what's going on. So that's important, number one, that don't compare other people's highlights you're behind the scenes. I saw it somewhere, I forget who. And then another thing is that with this phone and social media, it's very powerful and it can connect you and bring you closer to the people that are far away, right? Those those that are far away, it can connect you to. And those people might be important, might not be important. 
it can also disconnect you from the people that are closer. Let me give you an example. So you're having dinner with your kids and your wife, and you stop to take the phone out and take a picture of us or the kids or, or the food. Who does it bring you closer to? Well, the people who are watching your story on the East Coast or the West Coast or in Ireland are like, oh, wow, we got an insight into Dr. Perro's dinner. What he's having. That's awesome. But who does it take you away from, from the moment that you're with your kids? So it might be something that I'm still working out, <laughs> but I think it's important at least to recognize that it can, it can, as much as it can connect you to someone far away, it could possibly disconnect you from those that are closer. So yeah. just be aware of it. Well, we are, we are running out of time here. We're going to do our Elevate Express 8 questions. We're going to ask eight quick questions and get some quick answers. Awesome. Let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, Dovi, what's your go-to treatment for full-step class twos? Full-step class twos. If they're growing, uh, then we'll do uh, class two elastics. If it's non-growing, we'll leave a little overjet. Um, if the profile would improve from it, then um, some upper buys. Or just sometimes leaving a, little, a bit of overjet is just fine. Okay. What's your standard retention protocol? We do upper and lower estics and then uh, lower bondage three to three. Cool. Who are your role models or your mentors? I would say uh, Dr. Harry Doherty in Sherman Oaks and Dr. Manny Wasserman right here in Beverly Hills. He was my wife's orthodontist, and uh, he joined my practice um, as he is retiring, and it's been a wonderful blessing. So we get a chance to uh, review cases. Additionally, all the other doctors that I've gotten something from um, through all the other uh, forums. Right. Dovi, what's your favorite orthodontic product or instrument? I'd have to say the outcome simulator on the iPero. So specifically that, that uh, tool has been, has been wonderful for our practice and um, really hits the passion for education and explanation to patients. Outside right. of that, I would say Instagram story. <laughs> Good. What's the best vacation you've ever taken? My wife went, and I went to Cabo a long time ago, so I think we're due for another one. But um, for sure, going and disconnecting from all of this is important. Great, great. What's one great book that you've read recently? Uh, the, one, the one great book that I've read recently is The Charisma Myth. How Anyone Can Master the Art and Science of Personal Magnetism by Olivia Fox Cobain. Just shows you, um, she has a lot of good pointers about how staying in the moment and connecting with people. I think if you're good at it naturally, it's a great book. And if you're looking for an area to improve, it's a great book to kind of hone your skills on uh, being more likable and connecting with people authentically. Awesome. I'm going to definitely check that one out. What bracket system are you currently using for your fixed appliance cases? We're using uh, Clarity Advanced by 3M Unitech and then the GC self-ligating bracket. Cool. And then on, on the inside, we're using Inbrake for Lingual. Inbrake. Okay. Sweet. Um, cool. What is one area of orthodontics that you want to learn more about in 2018? Uh, one area that I want to learn more about is for sure, uh, work-life balance. Uh, you know, we'll be doing a build out, um, sometime in the next year or so. And so 
with all the things that are changing in my office and growing, I think work-life balance is really important. Then on the clinical side, um, we're diving deeper into airway. Yeah. Um, we're going to finish with this question here, Dovi. Uh, orthodontists are community-minded people, and I'm curious if there's a charity or nonprofit you're passionate about or that's near to your heart and why. Oh, cool. Um, I would say that the, the nonprofit that we've mostly working closely on is a nonprofit by the name of Bone Olam, and it's an organization that helps uh, couples overcome the challenges of infertility to realize the dream of having a child of their own. Um, the reason why I can spit that back so fast is because we were just working on their uh, inaugural or one of their dinners here in LA, which was, which was very successful. So I come from a large family, um, and I also am grateful that I have children of my own. But some people need um, extra help, and so I feel like it's our duty to do as much as we can to advance the science, to help pay for fertility treatments for others if we can. Um, and of course, bring more smiles to them. That sounds that sounds like a great organization. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, Dovi, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, you can find me, of course, on my Instagram at Frero Orthodontic, <laughs> or um, the Frero, or you can email me at dovifrero at gmail dot com. Wait, wait. This has been just a great experience. I've, I've certainly learned a lot, and it's just been fun uh, hanging out, Dovey. I want to thank you for, for coming on the podcast and sharing this with our audience. My pleasure, Lance. I really appreciate everything you're doing, and thanks again to your family for sharing you with us. Well, uh, hopefully we get to talk again soon. Otherwise, uh, have a great day, and, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. I'll see you on your story. <laughs> All right. Take care. Hey, guys. Just wanted to thank Dr. Prero again for being on the podcast. What a fantastic interview. Want to remind you again that this is our last episode for 2017. We're going to be taking a few weeks off here to regroup and get ready for the new year. Uh, 2017 is almost in the books. We were able to release 33 episodes in about 45 weeks, so I'm pretty proud of that. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. I hope you're able to spend time with your families and uh, really enjoy this season. I hope you're able to achieve a lot of your goals for 2017 and that you'll have some time over the next few weeks to reflect on where you want to be a year from now at the end of 2018. And I want you to know that if there's anything I can do to help you reach your goals, uh, I'm happy to do it. Um, I'm so proud to be a member of this profession and to be able to associate with all of you. And I want you to know that there's a whole network of orthodontists who have your back and support what you're doing. Uh, and that's what really makes this a special profession. So again, happy holidays. Uh, thank you very much for your support. We'll talk to you again in the new year. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Orthodontics podcast. For more episodes, subscribe on iTunes or visit our website at elevateorthopodcast.com. Thank you.